I am the vine and you are the branches, he said, when the number of Christians in the world was approximately 12. The branches were apostles. Today, the number of Christians is greater than 2 billion. Among the larger branches, at 85 million people, ours is known as the Anglican Communion. After St. Paul took the word to Rome, Roman traders carried it across the channel and English Christianity took root. Under Queen Elizabeth I, it began to spread out across the world, including here. Martin Thornton is an English priest whose writings have been influential in my ministry. According to him, from those ancient times, Christianity in England acquired a flavor that endures and that he called the English School of Spirituality. It is a good way of being Christian, he believed, and I do too. This is his description of the English school. Sane, wise, ancient, modern, sound and simple, with roots in the New Testament and fathers, with its golden periods and its full quota of saints and doctors, never obtrusive, seldom in serious error, ever holding its essential place within the glorious diversity of Catholic Christian Christendom. Its rediscovery, he said, writing 30 years ago, was England's most pressing task. I, again, agree. And I think that someday it will happen. Sane, wise, ancient, modern, sound, and simple. What do those words mean as descriptions of our spiritual tradition? Sane could mean, superficially, pragmatic. We don't seem crazy to our unbelieving friends and neighbors because we live within the social norms that are generally applicable. We don't drive horse and buggies like the Amish. As times change, we tend to be adaptable because at our best, we're open to change when given good reason to change. We pass down the old Anglican saying that we should avoid too much eagerness in seeking change and too much stiffness in refusing it. The via media, we call that, the middle way and it's our recipe for sanity. But there is a deeper meaning to the word sane and a lifeline to sanity in Christ through our spiritual tradition. Life is sometimes crazy. In daily ministry, we see true insanity, dementia, mental illness, panic, phobias, rage, addiction. Even Barbara Bush, as sane a first lady as they come, suffered from depression and fought thoughts, fought thoughts of suicide at one point in her life. She knew they made no sense, but there they were. I felt ashamed, she wrote. I had a husband whom I adored, the world's greatest children, more friends that I could see than I could see, and I was severely depressed. Sometimes the pain was so great, I felt the urge to drive into a tree or an oncoming car. 
No one is immune from crazy thoughts like that. I had my own brush with insanity my sophomore year in college, when for a time I felt as though I were about to come unglued. I think it was a hangover from freshman year and the social norms that in first-year college life were generally applicable. What passes for sane in a freshman dorm is actually crazy. I was still sorting through that and my mental health felt unreliable. One day I experienced a low-key moment of what the mystics call illumination. In that moment, it occurred to me that God did not want me to unravel. God's compassion is written in the life of Christ, and now I felt in my heart what I had learned from my church, that God is for us, not against us, and that meant me too. His will was my well-being. That insight was the lifeline, the vine from which my sophomore sanity was repaired and strengthened. Sane, wise, ancient, modern, sound, and simple. Wise, wisdom is education from experience. Those who learn quickly are said to be wise beyond their years. Tradition, tradition passes down ancestral wisdom. All we have to fear is fear itself as an example. That was said by a member of the Anglican Communion. And so is this. No man is an island entire of itself. Each man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. John Donne, the English priest, was pointing out the fact that people are not alone like England. We are connected like France, Italy, and Spain. Martin Luther King drew from John Donne to make his point that the happiness of blacks and whites is mutually dependent in America. From Donne through King, American experience was thus repaired and strengthened. Christ is wisdom higher than experience. In him we are wise to our own and one another's value, even when experience would teach us something else. Last fall at the 60th anniversary of Central High's desegregation, one of the Little Rock Nine recalled, and I wish I could remember which one it was, that as her mother sent her off to school to face the taunts of mean and foolish demonstrators, this mother would always tell her daughter, God's got your picture on his refrigerator. <laughs> you are his child, and don't let anybody try to tell you different. That became her lifeline. She was nourished from the higher wisdom of the vine. Sane, wise, ancient, modern, sound, and simple. Ancient and modern, ancient as in the Ten Commandments, modern as in gay marriage. In our way of being Christian, ancient and modern are combined. The English school unites the old and new. For another example, we take modern science for granted here and also say the ancient creed. We believe in one God, all, God, all, one God almighty, creator of heaven and earth. 
Albert Einstein said, science without religion is lame and religion without science is blind, and he was right. But science without that ancient creed is also blind. Add up all the science that can, all that science can show us about the world's evolution and nature's ways and means, and we're left in the dark about creation's origin and purpose and our responsibility as creatures. Out there, science-religion conflict is more or less assumed. But in here, children and adults explore the whole truth about our world. Christ is neither old nor new. Richard Hooker, writing in the age of Elizabeth I, said that the way of Christ is like a road from one place to another. The root is fixed even as the surface changes from grass to dirt to bricks to cobblestone. Through changing times, we are tethered to a vine who is eternally the same. Same, wise, ancient, modern, sound, and simple. Sound buildings can withstand a major storm or minor earthquake. Sound banks can cover their deposits and insurance companies their claims. Governments enforce standards for sounders for soundness on builders, banks, and insurance companies. What makes a spiritual tradition sound? Our government does not attempt to answer that. Richard Hooker did. He said that our tradition's strength is in the interweave of Scripture, reason, and tradition. According to Scripture, two is better than one. For if two men fall, one will lift up his fellow. And three is stronger than two. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. That wisdom is from Ecclesiastes. Hooker said that Scripture, reason, and tradition are that threefold cord. Without scripture, we would lose the gospel. Without reason, we would lose both science and common sense. And without tradition, we would lose the, experience, the wisdom born of experience. With all those three together, we are strong. I looked up sound in my big, fat, random house dictionary, unabridged. For sound, the adjective, it had 12 meanings. It speaks of sound investment, sound judgment, sound reasoning, sound character, sound sleep, and so forth. Sound advice means having no defect as to truth, justice, wisdom, or reason. I'd like to meet the person who could give advice that sound. Only God is sound to that extent. The best that we can give or get in life is to be relatively sound. In a panic, even sound banks may well run out of money. Our nation is sound as nations go, but it certainly has defects. And so does our spiritual tradition. Our strength, sanity, and wisdom, while valuable, are relative, not absolute. But they are the branch that connects us to the vine, which is the absolute. When the Bible says that Jesus is sinless, as it does in both 1 Peter and 1 John, and when it says that he is perfect, as it does in Hebrews, it names him as the absolute, the bar relative to which all other claims on goodness in this world are measured. 
That is one of many ways the Bible has of saying that Christ is God. At my 10th high school reunion, one of my classmates at Central was a little shocked to learn that I was now a priest. My high school behavior didn't scream future priest, apparently. My vocational direction made her happy. Praise God, she shouted. But then she was struck by doubt when I mentioned what kind of priest I was, Episcopalian. What sort of branch is that, she wondered. She asked with a worried look, but is it a full gospel church? I said, it is. Praise God, she said, and went on her way rejoicing. Ours is a full gospel spiritual tradition. Sane, wise, ancient, modern, sound, and simple. Simple? Simple in comparison to some things, not to others. It is simpler than rocket science and southern etiquette. <laughs> it is not as simple as belief that faith is purely a matter of the heart or a set of good intentions. One writer has said that among Christian spiritual traditions, our Anglican vocation is to reconcile the intellect and spirit, which tragically the modern world has split. And that is a little complicated sometimes. But in Jesus Christ, two simple truths unite. The first is that God is love. So everyone who loves is born of God, and this first simple truth extends to the far edges of the universe, because wherever we meet love, then God is there. And the second is that Christ was born to bring that fact to light on earth and to put it into motion. That is the truth we say and sing on Sunday mornings. And God is with us as we do this. We abide in God and he in us. Right this minute, we are in the vine.